Jay from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. E. Darren! John Trumbull! Darren Patterson! Darren Patterson! Right at the gate, ladies and gentlemen, we're just frosting at. We've already don't know what to say. Yep, yep. We're we've just devolved into insanity. Yes, um, that is what we do. How are you doing? How was your week, sir? Uh, not bad, sir. Not bad. Uh, you know, living the life, chasing the dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you know, as far as SNL related things go, started watching. Uh, the new season of Girls Five Eva. Oh, nice, out. nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first, first three episodes out. It's still good. Still solid. Still, you know, damn funny. Good, good. All right, cool. Yeah, maybe we should check that out of this summer. Mm-hmm. That might be fun. Where, where is uh, Girls Five Eva streaming? Is that on Peacock or Hulu? I forget where that is. Well, yes, it's available on Peacock now. Oh, it's available on Peacock. I guessed correctly. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> what do I win? Uh, just the satisfaction of being correct. Oh, well, that stinks. Sorry, sorry. That's all I got. All right, all right. So, um, you know, SNL back with new shows this mm. week. Um, and, you know, it, it's unfortunate because kind of a light news week. No, Not, no big know. stories. No, pretty quiet, pretty chill. Pretty, yep. laid, pretty laid back, bruh. It's no. It's, no, you yeah. know, huge thing blowing up that uh, changes uh, a law no. that's been around for like 50 years and nope. severely uh, puts us backwards as a nation and nope. cuts Not- into the rights of half the population and goes against what uh, 70% of American citizens want to do. Um, no, no, nothing like that happened. I was just leaning back on my uh, Kohler toilet with the foot with the footrest, just, mm-hmm. just, just kicking back, sipping on a Mai Tai. Yep, yep. So just kind of a mellow, chill kind of week. Nothing to get outraged about. Nothing to get horrified about. Nothing to get terrified about. No, nah. So you know that's always fun. Yeah, it's like, well, how are they going to do an episode now since everything is so chill and perfect with the mm-hmm. world? Yep. Oh wait, um, actually, John, did you see this uh, Roe v. Wade thing? Roe v. Wade. Oh, that rings a bell. That rings a bell. Oh, yeah. shit. I know that somehow. Um, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, apparently it's, like, gonna get overturned? Huh. Hmm, that doesn't sound good. Huh. Yeah, yeah that oh. could be bad. Hmm. That could be bad. Oh, dear. Um, Alright, well, I'm sure our government will take care of it. They're, you know, full of uh, very competent and smart and wise people. Yep, yep. They always seem to make the right decision. They never lie to the American public. Um, yeah, I'm good with it. Yep. <laughs> How long do you think we can keep the sarcasm train going, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe through 2024? I don't know. Let's see how the midterms go. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Um but anyway, we're you know SNL came back. We we've got uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Ugh, how do I screw up that name? I, it's got Benedict Cumberbatch hosting. 
and Arcade Fire as the musical guest. Uh, this is the episode from May the 7th, 2022, uh, season 47, episode 19. We're yes. almost through the season, Darren. Can you believe uh, it? I know. Two more episodes and that's it. That's all she wrote. I yep. mean, my Lord, who knows? Maybe Pete Davidson will show for one of them. I mean, maybe Pete's got other things going on in his life. I, the man keeps busy. I will give him that. He does. He does. I mean, I. I mean, I'll, uh, sidebar. I, I'm. I know. I said this last year that yeah, it seems like Pete Davidson's done with the show. I'm doubling down this year. Pete Davidson is like this is the last. This has to be the last season for Pete Davidson. He's got to be moving on, right? I feel yeah. like a lot of people got to be moving on at this point. I saw that like they posted the cast photo for this season just recently. And it's like, when you see that, you're just like, my God, it is a freaking mob scene. It's like 21 cast members. It's legit like a small village, (laughs) like a small town in the Midwest somewhere. And I I also saw like a lot of people pointed this out. Uh, When you look at that cast photo, a lot of people say, yeah, Pete Davidson was definitely Photoshopped in. Oh, he's totally Photoshopped in. Like, I'm not good at noticing Photoshop like that, but a lot of people are like, yo, he, he's not there. He's not there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they did a good job of Photoshopping him, him in, but yeah, he's Photoshopped in. Okay, all right. <laughs> because as many people put they shot it on the Subway set from the last uh, John Mulaney episode, the Subway musical sketch, uh, and yeah, Pete wasn't in that episode, so... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's bonkers. I mean, I get it that, you know, Pete's not on the show. Anymore. Just, beca- just because, okay, if you're, like, Pete's kind of outgrown the show, if you think about it. Like, he's, like, bigger than the show. Like, he's a legit celebrity at this point. Yeah. I mean, he has endorsement deals. He has a TV show on Peacock coming out. He's in movies. He's got feuds with Kanye to keep up with. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's at Met Gala events with his girlfriend, Kim Kardashian. I mean... Like, at this point, the show gets in the way of everything. <laughs> it does, it's, obviously. It's an obstacle. It's an obstacle at this point. So, yeah. like, I don't expect him to show up on next week's show. He'll probably come in for the final show of the season to make the official goodbyes, and then that's it. I really, yeah. I like, I'll bet money on it. Like, I really think, Pete, this is the last we've seen of Pete on SNL. Yeah, I would like, not bet on him sticking around. Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. Tangent over. Thank you. Tangent over. Tangent over. And, you know, we'll get into uh, predictions of who's staying, who's leaving. And, you know, we might even have a few announcements. Who knows? Um, So we'll get into that in the coming weeks. And that'll be interesting to see. Um, But in the meantime, we got this new episode to go through. So are you ready, Darren? Are you ready to bring it? I'm ready to rock. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Okay. uh, So starting out, we got uh, the row versus Wade cold open. Uh, this was kind of a clever way to go about it because um, in the Supreme Court opinion that leaked, uh, Judge Alito was quoting from a scholar or, or something from like going reaching back to 1235. And so they did a sketch where they reached back to that profound moment of moral clarity and just showing what the thought process was. I thought this was a clever way to approach it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, But yeah, Alito was quoting from a treatise from the 13th century England, because when you're making laws that affect uh, modern day 2022, you want to have them based in from a a treatise from the 13th century England. 
Yeah. Well, that's when they had it all figured out. You know, yeah. that's when, I mean, they just, they just had it all going on. We had, uh, we had the cold open kid. We had, uh, James Lawson Johnson, Andrew Dismukes and Benedict Cumberbatch. Unusual to see a host in a cold open, but this, this was nice. I mean, I thought he did a really nice job. Yeah, no, I thought this was great that, um, and of course it wasn't the sort of stereotypical, MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, cold open, we're used to seeing. It's not yes. a cold open with uh, Biden or Trump in it. Like, it's this is, I honestly felt like, oh, was this like a sketch that was, that was supposed to be in the show, in the body of the show, but they moved it up to a cold no, open? No, I mean, I, I think that's just how most of the cold opens start. I don't, I don't think they write most of the cold opens by sitting down and saying, I'm going to write a cold open now, except maybe, you know, when they do those rapid fire, here's every single news story from the week sketch. Right. I mean, I think those are pretty obviously intended as cold opens and they're usually the weaker for it. This, I feel like, yeah, it just started as a sketch and they were like, this is strong. Let's make it the cold open. Yeah. Um, no, I like it. But, I like it. I like, uh, cause like another thing that we've always talked about on this, on when they do their cold opens, is like how they kind of bounce around from, story to story or from topic to topic this is just sort of one main topic that they're dealing with and it's like a you know like a through line throughout the entire sketch and i think it's stronger for it yes yes uh, i agree and and i just you know it's just nice just for variety's sake that we just have an actual sketch and we're we're we have like a setting a historical setting and people in costumes and it's not just some cable news thing or or something like that and it's I want to see more variety like this in the cold open. Uh, this cold open, by the way, uh, written by Colin Jost, because when you want to talk about abortion, you you go to the white dude who went to Harvard. <laughs> I mean, that's I, just common sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's, I mean, he must know everything about it. He's an expert on this. <laughs> you know. Hey, hey, white guy who went to Harvard. What's your take on this? Yeah, mansplain this to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I did think it was a good sketch. They, they talked about how um, they have laws against pointy shoes. Uh, they just decide if if maybe it's best to have abortion decided on a fiefdom by fiefdom basis. Um, you know, they were just kind of talking about how they, they're still doing things like crapping out of a hole in the wall. Right. And uh, things like, well, if we outlaw abortion, how would we punish the mother? Yeah. And then they said, well, we could put her on a boat and sail her off the edge of the earth. Yeah, um, I particularly liked when Cecily Strong came in and said, "Not knock, just kidding. We don't have doors." Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, uh, I think, one of the stronger lines in the sketch was when they they mentioned rape and incest, and and one of the guys says, "Rape and incest, but those are the only kinds of sex." <laughs> yes, I wrote that down. That was a, that was a that was a powerhouse I mean, of a joke. That's a dark, dark joke, but that's a great joke. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so we, like you said, we have Cecily in the sketch. We have Kate towards the end of the sketch as a... Mm-hmm. Applause break for Kate McKinnon. People love Kate. People need mm-hmm. the Kate. And yep. um, yeah, like at first they think she's a witch. And it turns out, no, she's just a woman in her 30s. And uh, as she can see into the future, saying like, into the fu- in the future, this whole thing that they're doing will be overturned by a thing called uh, pro- progress. And then, but then later on, the people think, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have so much progress. Yeah, let's overturn the progress. And then, of course, they worked in a uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard joke in here as well. Which, did, but, did they? Well, I think I missed that. Well, they, what was the? Johnny it was Depp like, 
No, it was a quick thing where it was like, oh, if you think this is crazy, you should see something called the Johnny Depp Amber Heard. It wasn't even that good a joke. It was very shoehorned in. That went that went totally over my head. I, I missed that. And, yeah, it's, I, it's, and I looked at the sketch twice. So yeah, it, it's, it did not make an impression on me both times. <laughs> no, it's, it's really not worth going back for. It's like... Yeah, no, I, I am not going to. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like how they, they joked that the... Their method of birth control was a man ejaculating and saying, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought this was a strong sketch overall. On it, I honestly don't think we needed the bit of Kate McKinnon's character coming in at the end. And I, we especially didn't need the thing about her saying, keep fighting. Because I just thought that just got preachy. You That's, know? That did feel a little like, uh, you know, clapped or just. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, it, was, I, it was clapped her. Yeah, uh, I mean, Chris Red pops in for a second. Yeah, so, but that I, that kind of felt like shoehorned in as well because like oh, they didn't really add much to the sketch. And but yeah, I agree with you. The whole thing with I Kate mean, at it the gave end. Chris Red something to do, yeah. uh, and it was kind of a lightish week for him. So I was fine with that because that was just a quick thing. But you know, and that and that was still making jokes. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the you know keep fighting. I was just like, okay, this is this is Hillary saying. I'm not giving up, and neither are you. Yeah, and it's fine if you want to be inspirational to people, but they they should make their point just through jokes. And yeah, I see what you mean. Like, I mean, I get it because people love Kate, and so it's a th- yeah, you know, it's a thing where people want to you know see that see their their uh, you know America's sweetheart Kate Kate McKinnon, and right. like you know she has to say to keep fighting, sort of maybe end on a slightly positive note, or you know just. So it's not all dour and yeah, doom and gloom. No, I mean, but I just thought it was it would have been a stronger sketch without it, and I, I would like a big laugh at the end. So yeah. no, fair enough. I, I dig you it. Know, call me crazy. <laughs> I like big laughs at the end of my comedy sketches. I mean, you want comedy in a comedy sketch? I know I'm weird. Uh, uh, I don't, that, dude. That's I don't know. That's out there. I mean, that's, that's revolutionary. It I don't is. Know. It is. Um, anything <laughs> else to say about this one? Uh, no, overall, I thought it was okay. It's definitely a you know a welcome change of pace from the uh, yes. you know Fox News, CNN cold open they usually have. Yeah, and, I uh, mean, relatively focused, short for a cold open. It was only like six minutes, so yeah, uh, yeah, well done overall. Yeah, overall thumbs up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so next we had uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch monologue. Um, Came out, joked that uh, most of the sketches that were pitched to him were about Doctor Strange, right. which it was interesting. I, we didn't even have a mention of Sherlock this week. I which... think, yeah, I mean, I think kind of, I mean, because like I, I know the way, like, you know, the public's attention span kind of works. It seemed yeah. like the la- I remember the last episode of Sherlock was a while ago. It was, so maybe it was literally five years ago, so I get it. But yeah. I was just like, wow, have we... Have, has it changed that now Doctor Strange is his best known role instead of Sherlock? I wouldn't have guessed that, but I maybe think we're so. I don't I, know. I think so, just because it's most recent. Like I, yeah, yeah. Recent I mean the Sherlock guys. thing. Yeah, I mean the Sherlock thing. Like was a big hit, and everybody remembered it. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, like you said, it has been five years, and people's memories are getting shorter and shorter. And like they, maybe they kind of forgot about that. Yeah, maybe they have. I don't know. Um, still want to see that show come back. Um, same, same. I'd love yeah, to see it return. Great show, great show. Well done. Like to like to see more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He, well, he talked about uh, Cumberbatch. Also talked about uh, how he was Oscar nominated for Power of the Dog, 
uh, but he was beat by Will Smith. Uh-huh. Uh, then he has to point out, not physically. Yes. Uh, see, he's, see, it's like uh, Gerard. He's talking about it. Yeah, it's a, it was a good line. It was a good line. Yes, um, he has to talk he about it. Wished his mom and his wife a happy Mother's Day. Um, he offered to fly his mom out for the show. And she was like, no, I'm on a beach in Greece. Are you insane? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a pretty cute monologue. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, Cumberbatch is likable enough and charming enough yeah. that, you know, he doesn't need, like, another cast member to come and help him get through it, or he, has, he doesn't have to resort to, you know, Q&A or a little song and yeah. dance or anything like that. He could just... Exactly. You it's know, he's... Just, and, and plus, he's British, so he seems smart. Oh, my God, man. Must be a genius. Yeah, we talk. He seems so smart. He seems, he seems like a genius. I bet he has a mind palace. I bet he has, like, words mm. float by his head. Yes, you um, see, but you do not observe. So, yes, I I bet he can cast spells. He's so smart. He uh, he did go to Hogwarts, as he said I, in his monologue. Yes, novel. yes, he did. He did, as all British people do. Right. Uh, I mean, I think also because like he even jokes. Yeah, he knows his name is like the most ridiculous British name ever yes. in in the history of names. Yes, it's like if you made if you were making up. Like a stereotypical British person in your mind, you'd be like, "Oh, his name is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch." Yes, yes. Is the Benedict Cumberbatch name generator still a thing? Uh, I didn't even know that was a thing. That's a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, there is. I'm gonna look this up right now. Ooh. Um, yeah, okay. there there is a site that you can go to, and you can just it. Okay, it's a Tumblr. You just hit. You hit make name. And okay, we have Botany Scratch and Sniff, <laughs> Brewery Stinky Rash, Buckyball Candy Crush, Bulbasaur Crumbleshorn. <laughs> Sir, put in Darren Patterson right now. No, no, you don't you don't even have to enter a name. You just hit make a name and it oh. gives you a better to cumberbatch name. Oh, so it's so, not like the childish Gambino Wu Tang name thing, nope, right? No, nope, you don't you don't even have to do that much. Uh Buckyball Capital. Rinky Dink Canker Sore. Okay. So, Wimbledon Tennis Match. Um, honestly, I could spend the next hour and a half on this <laughs> and and be thoroughly entertained for the entire time. But I, oh, I just wanted to make sure that it was still a thing, and it is. So, uh, right. just Google Benedict Cumberbatch Name Generator and have hours of fun for the whole family. Well, I mean, my weekend is made. Bandicoot Colonist. Uh, I'll just be doing this periodically throughout the show. <laughs> okay, no, please. I, I look forward to it. Okay, so, uh, yeah, but pretty good monologue, pretty fun. Um, yeah, I dug it. Yep, I dug it. And, you know, it's it's nice to see Benedict Cumberbatch host for his uh, second time. He did a nice job uh, the last time he hosted. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so first sketch uh, called Mother's Day Gifts. Uh, this is kind of a variation of something they did before. I think it was in the Regina King episode. Do I it, have that right? It was. It was. Yes. And so it's Edie Bryant as a mother. She's getting these cute little painted signs for Mother's Day. And then, you know, the first two are nice, and then they get weird after that. Right. So, I mean, it's honestly, if you've seen the Regina King episode, it's basically the exact same thing. It's like all these, uh, you know, uh, children and, of course, the uh, the husband of the mother, which I would, I, that was a nice little joke they threw in there at the very beginning where Benedict 
said, uh, well, you know, we all won't get all these gifts because you're you're our number one mom. And then yes. AD was like, well, I mean, I'm your wife. Yes. And he was like, oh, yeah. And you, Danny you know. Coot's Splish and Splash says, yes, <laughs> Splish and Splash. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting a Splish and Splash. That, yep. <laughs> that got me. Yeah, um, and uh, so so yeah, we have humorous signs reading things like "We sucked your teeth dry, and now you look weird in a bathing suit." Yes, were your ears ringing? I was in therapy. <laughs> um, and <laughs> having a mother-in-law is like having crabs. Yes, we suspect Dad has a secret family. <laughs> um, and and eighty is eighty is good at the oh. This is disturbing to me, but I'm going to keep uh, plowing ahead, uh, you know, and out of politeness. And she, she says, oh, these were getting really specific and personal. And then there, there are lots about how she drinks too much. Um, yeah. Like how she's drinking wine and watching the sunrise. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's just a weekend, right? Yep. Huh? Or, or a weekday. Right. How do you, how do you spend your Tuesday mornings, people? Uh, Drinking and watching the sunrise because I've been up all night. Thank you. We all do it, right? Right. Okay. I'm sure a bourgeois capitalist does it. So. Right. I'll tell you like I told the judge. I do not have a problem. Exactly. Exactly. No, I wanted to get my license suspended for three months. Yeah. I get to walk around and get some fresh yeah. air exercise. Yeah. You know, It'll and be I good bet that's how Beelzebub Chesterfield spends time. <laughs> Feels above Chesterfield. Oh. That sounds like a cigarette brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, I like this. This is funny. Uh, they've done it before, but I I see why it's leading off the show. Yeah, it's like a nice little uh, icebreaker, a nice little way to warm up the show. I thought it was okay. I mean, yeah. it basically hits the same points. Like I parse and parse me with thinking, oh, they really. They really got got to get those bags in the right order. Or else That's what I was thinking, right? I was thinking about it technically. I was like, do they have the bags numbered or or how do they do that? I want a sketch about how they got everything in the right order in that sketch because it, it could really screw things up if they hand her the wrong bag at the wrong moment. Yeah, because like the sketch is literally, here's this sign. Now here's this sign. Now you read right. this sign. And like if you mess that up or pick up the wrong bag, the whole sketch it just falls apart then yeah it's it's not gonna build the way it should but uh yeah they seem to pull it off without a hitch so mm-hmm. congrats to the snl cast and crew for making that happen here here we don't know how you made it happen but you made it happen yes and uh that sketch was written by colin jose ben silva ken sublet and celeste yim oh and because i forgot to give uh, credits for the monologue it that was written by mike d uh, Desenzo and Jake Nordwind. Mm-hmm. So, yay! Yay. Yay. Um, next, we have Blue Bunny, which is about a focus group for Blue Bunny ice cream. And uh, Benedict and Heidi are these feuding Southerners who are going off in these poetic but very disturbing tangents. Yeah, it's a. I'm. I. I really dug this one. It's. It's. It yeah. Was inter- yeah. I was interested. I was trying to figure out where it was gonna go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's. Uh, this one has, uh, Melissa Keenan, on on the on the uh, behind the table, and then on the each side of them is Heidi and Benedict Cumberbatch, who's dressed a lot like Sam Elliott. So yeah, I don't. He's I don't, he's, he's uh, got gray hair and a nice mustache, and yeah. 
Yes, I didn't know if like this whole sketch was like maybe like a little wink and a nod to the things that Sam Elliott said about Benedict's movie Power of the Dog. You know, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, maybe Maybe. I I don't know. There didn't seem to be any specific take that to Sam Elliott, but who knows? Maybe that was in the mix somewhere. Yeah, like I think it might have been. But yeah, so like, um, so basically, it's this focus group. Everybody's tasting the ice cream, and then Mm -hmm. they say, "What do you? What does this ice cream remind you of? What does it make you think of?" And then Heidi says something like, you know what this reminds me of? Reminds me of playing in dirty buckets back in my, my papa's backyard. This is like yeah. that. Yeah. It, it, and they go off on these sort of like sort of sad cowboy poetic diatribes right. about like, you know, from their past. But, oh, and, our... and and Mikey and Ego are trying to keep things on course. And they're like, we're not really looking uh, to taste memories of the Dust Bowl here. Um, you know, you can, you could just tell us like in six words or less what you think of the ice cream. Right. And then Heidi's like, your ice cream carries a weight to it, sir. And then, then Benedict would be like, it it does. I can taste generations of women in it. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, they, and there seems to be something going on between their characters. And, uh, you know, finally it ends up with, I can't take your pain away, but I can, Sure, give it a bed to rest in. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me nap with your hurt. Um, they, they did a nice job with coming up with all those weird southern metaphors. Um, uh, this was all right. It sounds like you liked it a little more than me. I did. I mean, it kind of reminded me of, I guess, like like I said, like those, uh, like those in those indies films, like you know, like those sad, sort of grizzled, hyper masculine, but you know, poetic, sad cowboy movies. I uh-huh. guess, like maybe like uh, Brokeback Mountain or or The Power of the Dog, where it's just like, sure. uh, you know, these uh, like these sort of people out in the West who have a broken heart and a story to tell, and uh, I don't know, and also the way that Benedict and Heidi were playing off each other, I liked quite a bit. Like I, I thought for yeah. a while, like like when Heidi came first came on the show, she kind of exploded. Like I first saw her, and she was like, ah, she's really good. She's doing like a lot of these character pieces especially on the Weekend Update desk, and she was really showing her chops. But then for a while, she kind of, she was kind of taking a backseat. Like in like a lot of episodes, she, has, she hasn't either been in them a lot or she's more like the straight person. So mm-hmm. part of me was thinking, well, when is Heidi going to get back in the spotlight and do her thing? And this sketch came on, and then now it's her doing her thing. Like, it, I don't know, she, she did a really good performance in it. Like, I'm always impressed by her. So I think yeah. that helped uh, elevate it for me. All right. Yeah. I I mean, it was good. They played off each other well. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, so next we had a. Oh, uh, did we say who that sketch was written by? Oh, we did not. That was Will Steven. Will Steven. Little Willie Steven. All right. Um, next we had a uh, pre tape uh, called Just Like You. We don't have a writer credit for this, but it was Ooh. directed by Hannah Levy. Oh. Um, this is sort of like what they've done before um, where it's, you know, we have a thing in the present day. In this case, it's uh, Chloe as a grounded teen and Cecily as her mom. Uh, Chloe apparently was drunk at a party, came home drunk mm. and her mom's grounding her and taking away her phone privileges because of that. And then we have flashbacks to Cecily's teen years where we find out that she was just as bad or worse. Right. Uh, you know, of course, they did a lot to make sure you know it took place in the 90s. So we see Cecily yeah. at, you know, getting drunk at a kegger while Chumbawamba plays. I, I think I saw a, 
uh, Dick Tracy movie poster in the background as well. <laughs> oh, I missed that. That's funny. Yeah, there was the old Dick Tracy poster. Uh, then we cut to like another part. You know, like all college kids had on their <laughs> dorms in the 90s. You remember that? Everybody, it was like Reservoir Dogs, uh, El Mariachi, and Dick Tracy. Yep. That was, that's a triumvirate. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. college kids, they love the Warren Beatty movie. That's right. You, you remember. You know, it was all uh, Breathless I, Mahoney. I, by the way, I have a, a story. Uh, my my college roommate, uh, Scott Hume, I inadvertently ruined the ending of the movie Dick Tracy. Uh, oh. For him. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. It was a surprise ending. I never saw Dick Tracy, so I wouldn't even know. Okay, okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, gee. Well, I can I tell the story without ruining the ending of Dick Tracy? Uh, um, what would... Uh, one, uh, one of the significant actors in Dick Tracy, Scott was expressing dislike for this actor. Okay. And was like, oh, you know, I, I would like to see this actor... Uh, die in a movie and i was like well what are you talking about that actor dies in dick tracy thinking that he had seen the movie dick tracy and i was oh. like no i have not seen the movie dick tracy and i was like oh well i guess now you know <laughs> dick tracy and i and i felt horrible about this because you don't you don't want to inadvertently spoil a movie for someone yeah that's true but i mean as for out of all the movies dick tracy like was he going to see it it, it seems like it's a movie that's not i mean really this cool. was it had to be at least months, if not a year, since it had been out. So uh, he he obviously wasn't in a rush to see it. So. <laughs> I was going to see that in like a year. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, I don't think he had it marked on his calendar or anything. And <laughs> and you know, this is this is the early '90s, so there there was no internet or anything. So you you had to spoil movies the old fashioned. Way. Yeah, you have to open your big yapper and. and uh, and do it face to face. Yep. And uh, so, yeah. So, if you've never seen Dick Tracy, someone dies at the end of it. Oh no! Spoilers. Damn it. All right. Well. All right. There you go. Well, there you go. Uh, but yeah. Uh, back to this. Al Pacino's good in it, and uh, the the makeup's really great. So yeah. Right. I remember, and like I know Dustin Hoffman plays like Mumbles, mm-hmm. and uh, of course Breathless Mahoney, and there's like some other mm-hmm. uh, big names in it too. I know it's a very colorful movie. But it's a the the cinematography and the set design is great because like, yeah I mean it's it's interesting it's worth seeing it's not a great great movie I don't know if it's the best adaptation of Dick Tracy that we could have gotten but it's a very interesting movie yeah when you start off by saying it's interesting that means it's not very good <laughs> it's got its problems okay. it's got its problems and also uh, Warren Beatty has ruthlessly held on to the uh, screen rights to Dick Tracy ever since that movie came out in 1990. So that is why we have not gotten another live action Dick Tracy or even an animated Dick Tracy since then. Oh, really? So they can't do any type of other Dick Tracy until Warren? No, no. Um, Like at one point, I think the, his, his option was about to expire. So he did some sort of anniversary special just to keep his, his, his rights to Dick Tracy. It's nuts. Interesting. Wow, I didn't know that. It is insane. And it's like, uh, Warren Beatty, you are like 200 years old. You are not going to play Dick Tracy again. Can someone else make a Dick Tracy thing? And he's like, no, I am still, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he still has the yellow suit in his closet just in, you know, just 
waiting? I guess so. I guess so. It's like, you, uh, as soon as it happens, I'm ready. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. He wow. should He should uh, let somebody else do a Dick Tracy thing. Yeah, let a younger uh, generation embrace the, the, the dick. Every generation deserves its own Dick Tracy. That's what I say. That's right. We all need, we all need our own dick. And then I will ruin that movie for Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta keep the traditions alive. I will see it first, just so I can go tell him the ending. Because, you know, now it's a thing. Uh... Like, hey, you know that movie with uh, Pete Davidson as Dick Tracy? Turns out. (laughs) (laughs) And Kim Kardashian as Breathless Moan. Oh man, I think we just put that, into, that out into, into the ether, into the existence. Oh God, I am fearful now. But anyway, um, this pre-tape, just like you. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, we're talking about SNL. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, like you said, it takes place in the '90s. We see her, you know, dancing to Chumbawamba, getting drunk, hooking yeah. up with uh, uh, blockbuster video employees in the backseat of cars. Right. Can't yeah. believe we're not virgins anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. I'm not bit. talking about the sketch. I'm just talking about right. you and me. Oh yeah. I, I can't believe it either. Nope, uh, I'm amazed. I, really, I, I, I've, I mean, if I bet money, mm. but, yeah, uh, no, I would have lost that pool. Exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, we see um, uh, Cecily's husband come in as the father, talking about how, you know, they were more respectful of, uh, and you know, back in the back in their day. Of course, cut mm-hmm. to them hooking up at some party, and I think Benedict has like dreadlocks. He's like a costume with dreadlocks at one point. Yeah. Um. I mean, anytime you can get Benedict Cumberbatch in, in dreadlocks, I feel like it's a victory. Wagwan, and yes. uh, and uh, yeah, or or Burger King talisman. Ooh, now you're cooking with gas. Yeah, uh, and of course, in the flashback, we see that uh, Cecily hooked up with uh, Benedict's um, uh, roommate at some point. Yeah, she's she's like, you know, you blew my roommate. And she's like, well, I was drunk. Um, I thought it was you. Yeah. And then, of course, Uh, we have. And another nice mustache from Benedict Mm. in this sketch. And he is such a great actor. He grew both of those mustaches. That's right. He grew a gray mustache just for that one sketch. Right. And then and then when they were taping the other one, he, he grew a brown mustache. That is how good of an actor he is. Dedicated dedicated that's right dedicated uh this by the way also had the line of dialogue suck my beef you old bitch yes because uh we all at that point i think uh, that's where um kate comes in as cecily's mom the grandmother right as the grandmother yeah and of course then they cut back to showing that cecily was you know just as a uh, you know uh, kate was kate yeah kate was you know Wait, what, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> You're trying to say that uh, Kate, as the grandmother back in her day at a David Bowie concert, she was just as bad. Yes. She was, like, throwing her panties at David Bowie. And, of yep. course, uh, Cecily was just as angry as and her mom, played by Kate, as, you know. So, basically, no one's... And er- Cecily says, suck my beef, you old bitch, which I have never heard that phrase before, but... Oh my, that is graphic. Yeah, we may have a new way to end the show now. <laughs> I I am amazed they got the, the phrase suck my beef, you old bitch, past standards and practices. That's, I don't know, somebody's asleep at the wheel at that one. <laughs> that paints a picture. It really does. It really does. <laughs> a glorious, glorious picture. I, 
Yeah. Um, uh, um, and then it ends up with, you know, you may not have been a perfect person, but you're a perfect mom. Oh, um, you know, so it's, so they, they went touching at the end. Um, uh, this was all right. This was okay. I didn't, I didn't think it was great, but, um, you know, it's, it's got Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. or, uh, should I say Dominic, uh, Cockalite, uh, <laughs> that's the mustache and yeah. it's got Cecily Strong saying, suck my beefy old bitch. Yeah. Uh, overall I, I thought it was like you, it wasn't great, but it wasn't mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, we've seen this before, like, uh, during the, uh, what was it? The, uh, Oh, I remember them doing a Christmas uh, morning sketch with Matt Damon and Cecily. Right. Uh, kind of flashing back to the chaotic Christmas they had. Right. They also did it uh, when Eddie Murphy hosted the Christmas episode. Uh-huh. Um, and when... Uh, what the fucking... The just everybody saying like, oh, wasn't this thing great in my memory? And then just flash back to sheer horror. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't think... Amy... It's okay. We don't have to name every single one. Uh, because it's killing me. I don't remember that. Because she, when she hosted the Amy Schumer, damn it, when she hosted, Amy they did That's it then. Back. Yeah, yeah, they did this then too. So it's basically kind of hitting the same beats, and but yeah. still ending on a sweet note. Be like, oh, happy Mother's Day. We love you. Yeah. So I was like, all right, it's. I think it's sweet enough. I think it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, let's see who wrote that one. Did we? Oh, no, we didn't have writing credits right. for that one, but we had a director credit for that one. Right. Alan Smithy. Um, yep. <laughs> Hannah Levy. Um, <laughs> all right. Next, we have Chain Gang. This was written by uh, Dan Bula and Brian Tucker. This has uh, James Austin Johnson, Keenan, Chris Redd, and Benedict on a chain gang in Georgia in 1951. And they start singing a, a song to get through their, their hard labor. They're breaking up rocks. Right. And uh, we quickly find out that Benedict is snitching to the warden. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he'd be out here snitching and t- mm-hmm. telling telling tales to folks. Um, yep. At one and point. And getting rewarded for it. Yeah. Getting special treatment. And, you know, we see we see him drinking a mint julep at one point. Mm, refreshing. <laughs> mm, yes. Just in time for the derby. Yes. And, uh, and, and the warden comes by. I, I really liked Alex as... The warden, by the way. Yeah, he was really channeling uh, uh, Cool Hand Luke vibes. Yeah, yeah. Had, had sunglasses, reflective sunglasses on throughout the sketch. And mm. he comes by and he's like, hey, we we caught this escapee. And on an unrelated uh, note, here's a cherry pie. Yeah, of course. And of course, we learned that uh, Benedict snitched on uh, his escapee friend in order to get uh, preferential treatment and a cherry pie. Uh, Benedict, do you mean Conkleton Calculus? <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. I do. Or do you mean Bunsen Burner Crucifix? Oh, Lord. All right, now you're just getting ridiculous. It's the best site, man, I'm telling you. Mm. Uh, I mean, and, if that site wants to sponsor this podcast, we seem to be promoting it pretty heavy in this episode. So. Yeah, well, hey, it's a great site. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have uh, Heidi come on as the warden's wife, and of course... Uh, uh, broccoli Humper Dink is sleeping <laughs> with the warden's wife. Right, and uh, yeah, then we learn that the warden knows about it and he's cool with it because he he watches it in the dark from the closet. Yeah, because I can't uh, please her myself, so best to let her be happy. Which uh, 
quite progressive of the warden, I would say. Hey, man, love is love. Yep. You know, hey, that's his kink. And we are not going to kink shame. No, you do you, man. Yep. You uh, do lo- you, just like Bombadil chicken broth. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good God. Oh, these names. Uh, yeah, I didn't think there was too much to this sketch. I thought it was okay. Uh, I mean, once I we enjoyed it, I thought it was good. Um, yeah, it didn't overstay its welcome, which I think is always nice. Yeah, and also a lot of sound cues in the sketch. A lot of like har- harmonica playing in the background, and like mm-hmm. when Heidi came out as Warren's wife, you heard like that sexy saxophone playing out of nowhere. I was like, oh. Sure. This is a musical... Uh... I mean, that's just always my soundtrack whenever Heidi comes into a sketch. I just hear a sexy saxophone. I mean, hey now. Hey now. Yeah. Um, you know, and also the sounds of them uh, breaking the rocks, which is, uh, you know, just performed, uh, provided the beat of their song. Right. So, very, um, very soulful. But, you know, uh, this this was good. I thought they played it well. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Yeah. I, I think Alex was a standout for me. I just I just really like what he did as the warden. But yeah, no, I, I really like that we're getting to see more and more Alex. Like uh, it's it's one of the things where like if Beck was around, we probably mm-hmm. wouldn't. But the fact that he you know bowed out and he, he left the show, and now Alex is kind of getting a lot of the roles that probably would have gone to him. I like. Yeah. Like I've, I mean, we've we've been big fans of Alex Moffat for uh, for some time, and so the fact that he yeah. gets some more chances to shine, I uh, I dig that. I've been a big fan of his ever since I learned how to tell him and Mikey Day apart. Yes, that's what <laughs> I made it sound like we've always known he was Alex Moffat. We've always known he's been the best. But yes, there was a time where we were confused him with Mikey Day and he was Alex Day and Mikey Moffat. I will right. admit that, yes. Right. I do kind of miss those days. Yeah. Can't go back, man. Can only go forward. Exactly. Exactly. And let's go further forward in the show um, and uh, talk about Arcade Fire, our musical guests for the week. Arcade Fire! Arcade Fire! Yeah. And uh, yeah, this was fun. Apparently, Benedict Cumberbatch is a fan of Arcade Fire. Oh, so fantastic. That's cool. Yeah, he said that when he was on uh, Jimmy Fallon this week. Uh, or should I say, Buta White Boy Kank Bekan. Oh, that's a uh. tough one. I think we're getting diminishing results now. Yeah, we may be. We may be. <laughs> I think we jumped a shark. We may, we may have. No, we'll bring it back. We'll bring yeah. it back. <laughs> if you do it enough times, it becomes funny again. Exactly. Exactly. Like uh, Wimbledon Scratch and Step. Ah, there it is. All right. There we go. There we go. Back on yeah, the trolley. Well, okay, we're getting a, re- a repetition of the Scratch and Sniff last name. Yeah. But uh, so anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they did two performances. Arcade mm-hmm. Fire. Uh First song, Unconditional uh, One, uh, Lookout Kid, in parentheses. A fun, jangly kind of song. I enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've always, I have liked uh, Arcade Fire stuff. I mean, they have like that sort of big arena rock sound where it's like, it's yeah. kind of like indie rock, but it's has like a, like I said, like a bigger, you know, I guess you could compare it to like maybe Coldplay or something like that type of vibe yeah but cool plays like more the electronica they're more the acoustic jangly thing with old-timey instruments um yeah. <laughs> i keep flashing back to the new cast member arcade fire sketch yeah as well you should <laughs> yeah you know they, they they include the accordion in all their songs their lead singer looks like a lumberjack uh, he's okay yes 
Um, uh, but yeah, the, I thought it was a great performance. I like the way the uh, if you check the lead singer, uh, Win But I think Win Butler, mm-hmm. I believe his guitar says uh, "Call Your Mom." Yes, which is that in another Mother's Day, and also 1973 on the guitar. Yes, so. yes, and uh, of course he ended the performance by saying "I love you, mom," which I thought was yep. very sweet. And uh, the big thing uh, midway through the performances, they had uh, big inflatable wacky armed men. Yeah, uh, big puffy inflatable men. And amazingly, they were able to like time the inflating enough that it seemed like they were doing a choreographed dance to the song, which that was just impressive, man. Yeah, that was that was impressive. The fact that I guess the ceilings in Studio 8H are tall enough for a big inflatable man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like you said, like the way, like, you know, the the uh, inflatable men hit their cues and came on and just started dancing as soon as they were supposed to. I mean, to. It, it really seemed choreographed the way their arms were going back and forth. I don't know how they managed that. I mean, I guess they just experimented enough that they figured out how to do that, but that was really cool. I was like, they should make these guys a regular thing. Yeah, why don't more prefer- I want to see inflatable men puffing up and down in front of every musical guest, whether it's appropriate or not. When are inflatable men going to make it onto the main cast? I don't know. I don't know. Can they join Please Don't Destroy or something? I don't know. I I just want to see more inflatable men. What I'm saying is I'm very easily entertained. <laughs> Colorful, inflatable men. That's enough to. That's enough to make my day. That's all I need. I'm I'm apparently like a cat with a laser pointer. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's just inflatable men. Uh yeah, and uh their second performance was uh The Lightning 1, 1 and 2 or a 1 and 2. Yeah, apparently it's like two songs weaved together. Um Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it w- it was really cool. I liked I especially like they had a bit at the end where they went off on sort of a musical solo uh, I mean, just just strong stuff, fun, upbeat, positive, uplifting lyrics. I, I really like Arcade Fire. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I like that. There was that one point where one of the singers, I, I believe the keyboard, she had like held on to this note for a crazy long amount of time. It was it was really uh-huh. impressive. She had pipes, and uh, yeah. it's like you said, like very big and like you know sprawling, positive vibes, positive songs, and of course at the end of that song. Uh, the lead singer ended it by saying, you know, a woman's right to choose forever and ever. Amen. Which is like, yeah. it's, it's, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's very cool. Give, gives you uh, no, no doubt about where they stand. Right. No, they, they make it known where they're at. <laughs> they, they put it out there. So that was, that was very cool. Yeah. Um, uh, two, two fantastic performances, I think. Two for two on the musical guests. Um, yeah. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, you know, no inflatable men in the second number, uh, which little disappointing. Um, I, I just like inflatable men in all of my entertainment choices. I think that's why I've been watching Better Call Saul for six seasons now. <laughs> that's how they got you? Inf- yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I, was, I was like, you know, Saul Goodman and inflatable men, I am there. I think there's actually inflatable men in that new uh, Jordan Peele movie coming out this summer. Uh, nope. Ooh, nice. All right, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Tur- tickets prepaid for. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, next up, Weekend Update, Jost Che. Weekend Update, Jost Che. Hey. Che. Hey. Um, 
a couple really strong jokes right at the top talking about the Roe v. Wade story, of course. Um, and, you know, he, he said, Colin Joe says, tomorrow is Mother's Day, whether you want it to be or not. That's, Ooh. that is just a perfect joke. That's, that's just wonderful. And then, you know, talking about the Supreme Court leak and he says, so they slipped up just once and now they have to live with it forever. Yeah. That's great. Those are just two really strong jokes that have a point of view, and they go hard. Uh, really liked it. Yeah, no, very, very good. Uh, I think he also mentioned that Alito cites Kavanaugh six times in his defense, you know, uh-huh. one for each beer in the pack. Yep. Uh, he likes beer. He likes, I like beer. I like beer. He likes beer. Um, uh, I know Che had some thoughts on it, saying that, like, you know, as a man, he didn't can't possibly imagine, like, what it's what this is like to go through as a woman. So he asked women around the office about their abortion uh, stories. And he really yeah. learned a lot from the HR meeting they made him go to afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was great. And Che also talked about how he, how he has resources that the average person doesn't because the average person can't just text Lauren in the middle of the night and say, yo, it happened again. Damn. So Lauren, Lauren, <gasps> I mean, my God, I just love the, the the image and the idea of Lauren Michaels just in the middle of the night, just like handling it, taking care of this stuff. Yeah, he's like a, or in a family way. Yeah, he's like a, like Harvey and Harvey Pul- Keitel, Harvey Keitel yeah. in Pulp Fiction. Thank you. You yeah. read my mind. Yeah. Yeah. The wolf. The wolf. I mean, and, you know, he's at an, an elegant dinner party in a tuxedo at like 11 a.m. Yeah, I could be there at six. I could be there in six minutes. What's the deal with that, by the way? Why, why is Harvey Keitel in a tuxedo in the middle of the day? I don't I don't know. Look, look, he's he gets invited to parties. We don't we can't even imagine. We can't even conceive of that's... like evening parties. That's so passe morning parties. That's yeah, the new, that's the new thing. I mean, yeah, we're, it's not like a Jack Donahue thing where it's, uh, you know, it's after six. What am I, a farmer? Oh, <laughs> uh, one of the best lines from 30 Rock ever. Oh. Um, but yeah. Um, so next we had uh, Kate McKinnon coming on as Supreme Court Judge Amy Coney Barrett, um, who's just talking about the what looks like it's going to be the new law. Uh, I mean, who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? I, we live in such an insane world now. I don't know. It's just, it's just madness. Madness surrounds us. Yeah. Um. She was just talking about, you know, how women who have babies now that they don't want to have, they should just give it to a stork, and the stork will give it to a lesbian. Yeah. They they love adopting those things. <laughs> yeah. Just and, just do uh, your nine. Yeah, and uh, do your nine. Do your nine. Yeah. Uh, because if you have an abortion. You're a murderer, but if you have a baby and abandon it at like a, you know, at a, at a fire station, or you just put it in a mailbox, you're fine. You're not a murderer. Yep. yep. Um, and you know. the, the court is not partisan. Our spouses are effing crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like this could have gone way harder. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. It's. I yeah. mean, it's definitely because it is a very touchy subject, of course, to find humor in. You know, of course, yeah. but and you know, uh, Kate saying things like, "Oh, you could just have your baby, give it to a panther, and jungle book it." What? What's the, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was it was decent, but yeah, I I 
I would have liked them to make more fun of the right getting more outraged over the leak than anything. I think that that was a fertile comic mm. area that they they kind of left alone. Yeah, you know the Supreme Court putting up those those big plexiglass barriers in front of the court. Uh, you know that that was insane. Yeah, that's that's true. It's yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's I mean it it seems like she just um, kind of you know, repeated the same thing over and over again. Like, uh, oh, what? No, it's not a yeah. big deal. What? But of course, meaning, of course, it is a very big deal. But yeah. like the way she kind of nonchalantly is like, oh, what? Like, I have seven kids and I, you know, I make it work. Why can't other people do that? You know, unless yeah. I'm not thinking about things like class and money, which I won't think about. It's, it's yeah, it's, I mean, I thought it was okay, but it's, I don't know, something about it kind of uh, maybe left a weird taste in my mouth. I mean, just because, you know, it's about such a, horrible thing that's happening yeah yeah anyway i yeah i I just wanted a little more on that i guess um no fair enough uh let's see we had we had uh a joke about uh them putting up signs in new york city to scare drivers and all the signs read entering new jersey uh, um, yeah, Jersey's the worst. Ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Low hanging fruit. Um, I feel like I would have liked this more if this had been delivered by like a blind governor. <laughs> New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, I guess it is where, like, you know, it's it's where there's always like one state or one city that's always like the punching bag for. Easy, low-hanging fruit jokes. For a while, it was New Jersey. For a while, it was like Detroit. Now it just seems to be Florida. So yes, yes, but, that famous state, Detroit. Not well, you know what I mean. <laughs> you mean just Detroit as a state? Yes, I get it. isn't I it? Get it? Look, I, I, we, look, I didn't look. I, I didn't go to your fancy college like you did, sir. You know, I'm I'm just a caveman. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know you didn't go to Hogwarts. Yeah, I didn't go to Hogwarts, sir. I'm sorry. But yeah, like, but the, for them to make jokes about New Jersey, it's I'm always like, eh, I, I, yeah, it seems kind of played yeah. out. But yeah, I did like yeah. the one joke uh, Che had about the uh, 220 carat diamond that they find, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Can you imagine the size of the kid who mined that?" <laughs> I mean, that's a clever joke because you don't see where it's going, um, and right. then you get there and you're just like, "Wow!" Yeah, um, I I like this joke about uh, one of Jackie Robinson bats is being auctioned off that he used in an all-star game and they said you know fun fact this was also the bat he used to get back to his car safely i mean Um, it's rough but it's rough but it's true yeah where's the lie though where is the lie? Uh, and and i really love the joke they had towards the end about the 21 year old chihuahua named timothy chalamet yeah (laughs) uh just because i enjoy jokes about that timothy chalamet son of a bitch yeah mr new New Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. Take him down a peg. Yeah. Yeah. He's had too good for too long, Mr. Chalamet's. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a decent update. Uh, Could have done with a stronger guest piece, but... Yeah. Well, but I thought the jokes were solid. Yeah. Overall, not too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we got The Fainting Couch. By Brian oh, the fainting couch. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> I'm fanning myself now. Um, 
This is takes place in England in 1914. Uh, Alex tells his sister Cecily and Benedict, who I guess was his father. I don't think they really clarified the relationship. No, I think uh, I think Benedict was Cecily's husband in this. Cecily's husband. Okay, yeah. so it was Cecily was the sister, and Benetton uh, Charmander was <laughs> his uh, brother-in-law. It's funny again. Got it. Got it. All right. Right. And, uh, yeah, so basically, like you said, Alex is telling his sister that he's joined, you know, he's signing up for the army. He's going to join the war. And, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Cecily. Go to the front lines. Yes. And, uh, I mean, the one thing I did like about this sketch is, like, everybody is, like, playing. I mean, with the exception of Alex, but Cecily mm-hmm. and Benedict are playing it so over the top and so British. It's, yes. It's pretty, like, it's also kind of weird to see a British man playing a stereotypical over the top British man. He's doing a fake British accent in the sketch, which I I liked. Yeah, I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like like Monty, like when Monty Python makes fun of British people. It's like almost like that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh hello, dear sir. What? Yeah, what's, yeah. what seems to be the matter here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. Um, yeah, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> I guess we were getting this in lieu of uh, another, uh, you know, the the war in words sketch, which. Uh, which I was thinking there was a possibility of because, you know, British person hosting, and mm. that seems to be their tradition. But uh, we had this instead. It's usually like a British woman when they host, not a British. Yes. Not a bloke. Yes. But I'm saying they could have changed up the formula a yeah. bit. You I, know. I could see that. Look, I just like Mikey Day acting incredulous. I mean, we get this here. Because, yeah. like, the, I mean, basically, this is a very physical sketch. This is all physical. Yeah, I mean, Cecily as as the newest is sinking in, she wrecks the room and knocks everything over. And so a lot of physical comedy from Cecily, she rips curtains, she breaks shelves, she rolls over the couch. Right. And uh, Mikey is the butler, Henry, who keeps bringing out drinks that get spilled on him. Right. And knocked over. It's, it, and that's pretty much the basis of this whole sketch. It's like her hearing the news that her brother is going to war and her being like, literally like, Oh no! And like fainting and smashing everything in sight. And and she keeps missing the the fainting couch. Exactly, which is ironic because the sketch is named the fainting couch. Oh, see, it makes you yeah. laugh and think. Get that? Yep, yep. That's uh, some clever writing by Brian Tucker there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and so basically, like Cecily smashing around the place, uh, Mikey getting drinks thrown in his face. Like every time he mm-hmm. brings in. Some elixirs or some wines. The tray just smashes all over yeah. him, and he gets smelling salts. Smelling <laughs> salts, brandy. Yes, and uh, and then we of course we see that uh, Benedict's character is also faints at the sight of blood, and yeah. he has a fainting sp- you know spell. He actually spills a uh, hot soup on Mikey, and yeah. uh, that's as soon as they ask him to bring in the hot soup, he's like, "Oh, this isn't going to be good." Yes, and I liked how uh, Benedict explained at the end. He says the fits run in our families ever since a tiny bit of inbreeding for the yes. last five hundred years. Yes, uh, I like that. Uh, I thought it was okay <laughs> overall, but I, I like the finish. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a cheesy, silly, over the top, ridiculous sketch. It's all physical. Yeah. It's I mean if you like seeing people, you know, sp- you know, spill themselves all over the set and smash everything around, you'll love this sketch. It's uh, and I do. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I'm not above physical, you know, comedy. I'm not some comedy snob or anything like that yeah but uh, yeah i thought this was you know charming enough that's like oh okay they're just mm-hmm. smashing around and going like that's that's yeah. 
that's that's fine enough for me to put a smile on my face. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I I thought this sketch did what it was aiming for. Yeah, so. absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, next, we have another pre-tape. Uh, this is called New Toilet. This was co-written by Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel and directed by Mike Diva. Mm. By the way, I hear Mike Diva. He is a bitch to work with. <laughs> I thought you were going to go the other way and be like, Mike Diva? He's actually a pretty nice guy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So, conflicting reports. But uh, right, he's, he's very a... demanding. Yeah, uh, yeah. so this is... He's like, oh, we do this as a pre-tape, or I quit. <laughs> we're not doing this live. Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live! Fuck it. Uh, but yeah, so this uh, commercial is basically a sequel to the uh, Kohler toilet commercial that Benedict Cumberbatch did last time he was on SNL. Like, I don't think I remembered this. Okay, yeah, because this was marked as a recurring on the Reddit thread that gives the writing credits. And I was like, this is recurring? Really? Okay. Yeah, if, if you, it's on YouTube, but you can see it. It's like All right. the first time he hosted, it was like kind of had like a 1984 type of setting where... Everybody right. like uh, Mikey Day was his face on a computer screen, a big, you know, big size, like like that famous uh, Macintosh commercial, or Apple yes, commercial. yes, very much yeah. so. And like everybody was sitting around, uh, you know, and he was telling the people how to sit on the toilet. There's only one way to sit on the toilet, you know, up top. Oh, wait, was this the one where they're sitting on the toilet backwards? Yes, that's where he sits on. That's, that's where he. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's where gotcha. he changes okay. the game and revolutionizes everything by sitting on the toilet backwards, bucking the system, man. Right. Yeah, so uh, that's right. on YouTube. You and can see it. Uh, Vanessa Bayer's in it, too, back when she was on the show. Well, hey, okay. Well, that shows you how long it's been since Cumberbatch hosted. Uh-huh. Or should I say, uh-huh. since Dominique Wafflesmack hosted. <laughs> that's a good one. That, but That's just a drag name. <laughs> it really is. I can see her like performing at Lips. Or Lucky Chang's, yeah. Lucky Chang's in the city. I can see. I that. mean, that's 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 a name for RuPaul's Drag Race, right there. Absolutely, Waffle Smack. <laughs> that just that's just uh, fabulous. Dominique Waffle Smack, you've made it to the next round. Yes. Oh, by the way, that, I just I just refreshed it. This next one's also good. Johnny Cash Cumbersome. <laughs> nice. I like. It. I like that one. Okay. Uh, uh, back. To, God damn, back to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Trouble. Back. Focus. Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm with you. We we got to, you know, Mikey as a strict teacher talking down to his students who are all on toilets. This is very like it feels very uh, Pink Floyd the wall. Very much so. I, I, that's exactly um, what I wrote. Yeah. Um and and then Benedict comes in as the cool guy and it's it's the recline from Kohler where where it's got a footrest and you can lean back and be very relaxed yes, and, as you're doing your business. Right. And he's like, oh, while this plays, you hear a Fat Joe's uh, lean back song playing and uh-huh. he's bucking the system. All the students are impressed by him. Like, whoa, he has a, his yeah. toilet is like a recliner. And yeah. like we see him unbuckle his pants, drop his drawers and take a poop while uh, reclining in a toilet, sipping uh, brandy. I mean, it's it's nice to see that Benedict's game for most anything. What a weird thing to be a recurring sketch for a host. <laughs> Very much so. I mean, I guess the first time this made enough of an impact that they were like, well, we have to do this again. I don't know. I, I would love to hear what the thinking was behind this. I think I would have rather seen the writer's room pitching this to Benedict again. It's like, no, 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 no. We're going to do another toilet thing with you. <laughs> Because it's funny because you're very proper and British and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do uh poo-poo jokes. <laughs> poo-poo caca. 
Um, you know, honestly, I didn't think this was great, but but it was quick. It's it's like a minute forty, uh, you know, just under two minutes. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, it wasn't long enough that I was like bothered by it, but I thought it was yeah, yeah. I thought it was fine enough. Yeah, it's over before you know it. So Absolutely. if you like no. it, great. <laughs> if you don't, it's over fast. So that sounds like my single day. But all right, never mind. <laughs> oh. I can't believe we're not virgins anymore. <laughs> oh. Um, oh god, where, where the hell are we? This this episode is we're, bonkers. <laughs> we're uh, did we give the writing credits for this one? Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, this was uh, Mikey Dane Streeter side out, right? Yes. Uh, and Mike Diva, who is a dream to work with. Yes, <laughs> perfect gentleman. Perfect gentleman. Um, so next, uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, this one, uh, Billy Domino, Brian Tucker, and Bowen Yang. Bowen Yang. Um, um where, where parents bringing their kids to a Chuck E. Cheese, and, and it's a real kid, by the way. This is very late on a Saturday night, and we have a real child in this sketch. Yeah, I was like, like, who, they, they kept all these kids up for this? Like, all right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't know if we needed the real children in this for for verisimilitude, but I mean, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's a Chuck E. Cheese. If you want to keep a kid up till like one a.m., uh, that's your choice. Yeah, all right, your choice. I mean, I mean, it is a Chuck E. Cheese, so you need you can't be just full of adults. That's weird. But yeah, they... well, no, but I I feel like we could have had Kyle or somebody playing a child. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I guess I so. don't know. I just. It was like, okay, is this somebody's kid? Is this a, the kid of a cast or crew member? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. It's been a long time since the SNL at Home uh, episode, so I don't really recognize uh, Mikey and Alex's kids anymore. So Right. I hear you. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Chuck E. Cheese. So yeah, parents bring their kids to Chuck E. Cheese. They're looking forward to seeing the uh, animatronic band play. Yeah. Uh, Alex comes out as the uh, Chuck E. Cheese manager saying, hey, sorry, guys, uh, but, you know, the animatronic is, you know, on the fritz, so, you know, they won't be playing. But to make up for it, I reached out to one of my favorite bands from uh, 1983 on Facebook, and they have yeah. agreed to do a performance. So, uh, you know, give it up for uh, Reflection Denied. And Reflection Denied, and it's it's a duo with Benedict and Bowen. Yeah. And, like, and, it's, and, and they've got, like, dog ears and rat ears and... You know, dog noses and rat noses, so they they blend. Right, and like they and they start singing these songs, sort of like uh, like uh, they they kind of remind me of like maybe like Pet Shop Boys or Erasure. Pet Shop Boys or Depeche Mode, that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Erasure maybe, but yeah, yeah, they, they got a keytar. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's very techno. They they got it going on. Exactly, and it's like uh, them singing all these uh, maybe in a songs that maybe not be appropriate for kids, as it yeah. were. As it were, um, I, w I will say I was impressed by uh, Benedict's falsetto. In the uh -huh. show. Like uh, at one point, they go, he goes, uh, Oh, pizza pie, the pizza pie, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was like, mm -hmm. Oh, he's, he's reaching those high notes. Yeah, him. yeah. I mean, is there anything he can't do? No, not at all. He you'll, can, you learn everything at Hogwarts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, he could. Um, I liked how Bowen's character referred to the venue as Charles Entertainment Cheese. Yes, I like that as well. <laughs> uh, that that's a cute joke. Um, I like that. Um, well, they were also giving. Um, they also had to give out uh, birthday congratulations to some of the kids, and they were uh -huh. like saying, "Hey, Timmy, congratulations on the anniversary of emerging from your mother's vagina." 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Which uh, and we have uh, quick little cameos from Keenan and um, Aristotle comes on as Pasquale, the pizza chef. Yeah, I, I don't know if those were needed. They kind of felt like they were forced in those two. Well, look, hey, it gave Aristotle something to do in that's the episode, true. so you know, God bless him for that. Yeah, that's true. I like I I always love to see Aristotle on on the on the screen at any time, but yeah, you he, know, he literally he just kind of danced point, across. It's, it's just nice that they're throwing the guy a bone. Yeah, all he did was like kind of dance across the uh, dance across the stage as a stereotypical uh, you know pizza chef. Yeah, but yeah. You know. And of course, he looks you know, like Mario. Yeah, um, and of course, and, uh, and of course, because this is a musical sketch, we gotta have Cecily singing in it. For God's sakes! I mean, what are you even doing if you if you have people singing and Cecily's not a part of it? Yeah, so it's representing the salad bar, an untouched place where hope goes to die. Mm. We have uh, Cecily Strong dressed up as a carrot, and gotta say, pulling it off. Yeah. See, I. That all right? So that that makes sense now, because like I was, she's a good looking carrot, right? That hot carrot. <laughs> like I, she's that carrot's got it going on. Yeah, what's up, Doc? <laughs> oh, that carrot's good for my eyes. <laughs> okay, it's it's getting creepy. all right. I apo- yeah, I, I'll I take. I like to apologize for, for everybody. Right now, I didn't. I'm just saying that's my job. Yes. <laughs> right. Know my role. Got it. Yes, sir. Uh, but yeah, I was actually wondering. Like why she was a carrot? Because like the carrots aren't in pizza places. There's no vegetables. Uh-huh. In... Was there some rationale behind it? Or no, like I probably missed that line about the salad bar things. And like so they yes. So that's yeah. that that uh. She was it. representing the Chuck E. Cheese salad bar, which you know, yeah. Why even bother? Yeah, yeah. Like just just no. I'm I'm here for fattening yeah. pizza, uh, Dr Pepper, and to play uh, you know, skee ball. Exactly. exactly. Like, yeah, know your lane. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's like if I'm going to Fuddruckers, uh, I'm not going there for the chicken sandwich. Right. I'm, I'm going there for a hamburger. I'm there to slowly kill my arteries. Thank you. And also to listen to 80s music. Oh, my God. Forget about it. Yeah, I, I remember you keep telling us about like the stuff that we're playing in Fuddruckers. And I, Hashtag Fuddruckers Dance Party. Yeah, that, that, that playlist they have, it's, go, it's got it going on, I gotta say. <laughs> I That has become one of my rituals on uh, my Facebook page, is whenever I go to Fuddruckers, I, I have to document all the 80s songs <laughs> yeah. that they are playing uh, on there. It's like, and uh, I hashtag it Fuddruckers Dance Party. <laughs> like, guys, they started off with the Bengals, and then they're ending it with the Cutting Crew, or so, yeah. whatever. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. You know, one time you were like, ask them to make me a mixtape. <laughs> yes. I need it. Fuddruckers is basically like uh, like Lloyd Dobler in Say Anything, just hoisting that boombox over their head. Mm. And, you know, I'm just I'm just grooving to their tunes. Oh, I dig your groovy tunes, man. Yeah. Um, but for the sketch, I, I was a little eh on it overall, but... It's amusing enough. Yeah, I, I've seen them do things like this a lot before, so it, it feels a little played out to me. A little bit, yeah. Like a sort of um, people expecting one thing in a certain venue, uh, but then yeah. like for some, for some reason they say, oh, the musical musical guests we had couldn't make it, so we brought in these guys, and then like the... This strange thing is going to, on. I'm going to comment on this strange thing that is going on. This is not what I would expect to go on here. Yeah. Um. I liked when they said, like, what are they doing this for? And they said, I think he's 
the manager's just doing it for him and they cut away to Alex and he's just grooving to this stuff. Yeah, that's that's why I put that out on our Twitter because like Alex yeah. Moffat dancing and really getting into it is hilarious. Yeah. Like eyes are closed, feeling the groove, hands yeah. through his hair, like touching his body. He's, he's like voguing basically. Yeah, he, he is in it and I, I applaud yeah. that, sir. He's in his own little world, which I liked. I wish I wish it was a little more about that, about the the manager not realizing how weird and inappropriate of a choice this was yeah. for his Chuck E. Cheese. But no, agreed. You know. uh, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. the sketch was okay. I feel like it could have been a little bit better, but there there were moments, there were things in it I liked, but then there were some parts where I was like, ah, I could maybe cut that out. Yeah, I mean, I think in this episode, even the sketches that I thought were a little off or that I wasn't wild about. Even those had a moment to them or a performance to them that I thought elevated it. So I thought I thought that made it a better show overall. Yeah, I will say that there was no sketch in the show that I flat out hated. Yeah, there was nothing that was like a total train wreck where I'm like, oh, why'd you do that? Yeah, there was there was no um, no Elon Musk's in this entire. Yeah, episode. I mean everything was at least okay. Ag- so agreed, and you know, and and I think credit to that goes to the writers. And also to our host, uh, Liverswort uh, Custard Wheel. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he, I will. He commits to everything in this. I will give him that. Like he, he's game yeah. for everything. I mean, mm-hmm. he's one of those actors who's known for drama, kind of like Oscar Isaac. But right, he he doesn't like think himself above doing you know silly, crazy comedy things. Yeah, it's it's just fun to see him be silly and and do all those things that are outside his wheelhouse. A- yeah, that's just fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Uh, lastly, we had another pre-tape. This is called The Understudy. Um, this was written by uh, Mike D. Uh, Senzo. I still don't think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, Mike DeSenzo. Mike DeSenzo. Okay, well, I'll let you say it from now on. Um, Jake Nordwind and Ben Silva. I'm surprised Chloe didn't have a hand in writing this. Right, because, I mean, this this sketch is all it's about... built around her. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, by the way, also directed by uh, uh, Adriana Robles. Ooh. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, but this pre-tape is basically... Uh, all about uh, Chloe, and she gives an interview to the camera saying, yeah, you know, it's been a crazy year, and, uh, you know, people ask me, hey, what do you, what do the cast members do if somebody's out sick? Well, that's where I come in, because I am most of the uh, female cast members' uh, understudy. And then it just, yeah. it's just basically a showcase of Chloe doing impressions of all the female cast members. Yeah, yeah, and I am there for it. I mean, it starts out with Chloe imitating Kate. She's dressed exactly like Kate. She's in Kate's dressing room and Kate is like advising her, no, you need to spread your, you need a bigger spread. You need to like, yeah, uh, spread your legs out more. Cause apparently that's the way Kate sits. She just sits like uh, legs akimbo. Yeah, legs akimbo. You can't call it man spreading cause not a man. That's right. <laughs> Kate spreading. I don't know. Uh, I feel like there should be a term for that. We'll work on that. <laughs> okay. Um, she uh, she imitates uh, Cecily right next to Cecily, uh, kind of nails like a slightly nasal quality in Cecily's voice. Yeah, that, rah, 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 rah. yeah. That, I mean, that was good. She breaks up with somebody over the phone for Melissa. I think her Melissa was the strongest out of all of them. Her Melissa was really good, and you know, she even was able to make herself look, or, or I should say, the hair department uh, made her 
look like Melissa with, with a nice wig and the, the costuming. Right, right. <laughs> uh, then she goes on. I think her 80 impression was pretty good, too. Um, mm-hmm. She did a quick mm-hmm. impression of uh, Heidi, where it's literally just her with a Kansas City Chiefs hat on. <laughs> yeah, and Heidi's like, that's the worst one, but I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, she does an impression of Sarah Sherman, which is just her going, hi, I'm Sharon. Like, like it's yeah. just like that with, um, she has like a clown collar on as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Sarah- and, and, and Sarah just goes, do I really sound like a Jewish parrot? Yes. And everybody's like, yeah, you kind of do. It's yeah, it's a great line. And and Ego is just like, uh, pass. <laughs> and, and, and Heidi's like, all right. And Chloe's like, thank you very much. Yes. I, I see you and I thank you. Yeah, it's just you know there there is no way that would end well for me. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> good idea. Decides that right on. Decides that step that right on by. Yeah, uh, I I enjoyed that, and also we had um, <laughs> Chloe uh, going going to uh, Benedict, uh, or should I say, uh, Burlswick Cumbersnatch <laughs> in his dressing room, and she's dressed up as uh, Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch. Comic book accurate. Comic book accurate, or, or the Halloween episode accurate uh, uh, for One Division, and she does, I'd, I'd say, a fair Elizabeth Olsen impression. It, it's tough to do Elizabeth Olsen, I think. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, when she said she had an Elizabeth Olsen impression, part of me was like, oh, does she, Elizabeth Olsen have like, like a you know type of very distinguished you know type of? She does have a distinctive voice, distinctive, but it's a tough one to to do. Uh, if you showed that to me cold, I don't know if I would have. I did it as Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, you know, not the same way. And uh, so. then, surprise, surprise, we get a cameo from the real Elizabeth Olsen. Uh huh. And of course, so. yeah, and of course that confuses Benedict, and he thinks, you know, oh, the multiverse is real, Univ- yep. universe is colliding. I don't know which one is the real mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Yeah, and then the sketch ends with Chloe saying, you know, well, I also, in case I get sick, I have my own understudy. Yeah. And a cut to. Punky in a blonde wig saying, uh, yo, bitch, I'm Chloe Feinberg. Yeah. So uh, a pretty good finish for the sketch. I thought this was strong. This this might have been my favorite sketch of the night. Yeah. No. Um, I honestly feel like this should have been way earlier in the show. Yeah, no, this was a good one. I kind of wish they put this up earlier in the show. Yeah, I, w- I would have put this up in the first half hour, personally. Um, I I think it was fine. I'm not usually like real wild about sketches on the show that are about the show, but oh, really? this was fun. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it's also a funny concept that like, if a sketch member misses a show, we have to replace them. Cause I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we don't have 2000 people at a moment's notice. <laughs> <laughs> like you couldn't lose half the cast. And still put on a show. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we can get into it now, but like, I, I really, I'm really hoping at the next season the cast is uh, cut considerably and like. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd say you know pare it down, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I feel like Lauren is, he's always going to want that deep bench of people. So, all right, but you know, but but I enjoyed this. I thought this was good and and. Chloe's impressions are always great, so it's not—it's always nice to see her get a uh, showcase for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, overall, I liked this episode. I thought it was, I thought it was, mm-hmm. I thought it was fine enough. Um, yeah. I mean, my favorites were the blue bunny. Uh, I 
I kind of like the Chuck E. Cheese. I, I wish it was a little bit better. But like I've yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I just like eighties, you know, synth, you know, pop goth music. I don't know. But like um eighties? Eighties, yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you said eighties, like eighty <laughs> Bryant. And I was like, what? No, the the eighty wasn't in the band. The eighties. The nineteen eighties. Okay. Hey kids, remember the eighties? All right, gotcha. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Uh but yeah, like uh, every, gotcha. yeah, but like everything else I thought was okay enough. Um, I really, yeah. I really like Arcade Fire. I thought they they were strong, but overall, uh-huh. overall, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. And you know, and, and I enjoyed uh, Budapest Cumberpants. I th- I thought he was good. He did a nice job. Yeah, I, I'd like to see him uh, host again. I'd like to see him come back to host a little bit sooner. I think he will. I think he's one of those hosts that people like. It seems like the cast yeah. likes working with him. It seems like yeah. Heidi has a. I have a crush on him because, like, there were two sketches where, like, they were uh, quite close. <laughs> well, I mean, who who doesn't have a crush on Buckingham Cracker Dong? Yes. Oh, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> he's a beautiful, beautiful man. He's a tall, lanky drink of water. I mean, those cheekbones. I mean, come on. Marron. He's dreamy. Oi, Gavalt. Anyway, he he did a nice job. Yeah, yeah. and I'd I'd like to see him come back. No, absolutely. Um, um and uh you know, lastly we hit we had the good nights. Uh we had uh Benedict, Cecily, Chloe, Mikey, Alex, Kyle, and Chris. They're all in nineteen seventy-three t shirts, uh just showing solidarity for, for Roe v. Wade, which I thought was was really nice. Very nice. And uh surprise, surprise, we got a third performance from Arcade Fire at the very end. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I, it's probably one of the things. It's not on YouTube, but like, I think if you go on the Twitters, you can probably find somebody tweeted a video footage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see the whole thing because, like, you know, of course they cut it off so they could put the. Yeah, yeah, I, d- I didn't see the the last number either because I I was watching the show uh, online uh, this morning and they don't they don't typically put the good nights up and I wish they did, especially when they have a another musical number, the beginnings of a musical number. Um, here, here. That's nice. I thought it was, I thought it was really nice that they had, that they were wearing the 1973 t-shirts, but I thought it was kind of weird that we didn't have everybody in them. Mm. And I'm just wondering like, okay, could not everybody change in time or what, what was going on there? I don't, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funky. Uh, yeah. I'm assuming it's because not everybody could get it on in time or maybe not everybody got it. And, uh, yeah. I, I must. That's what I'm assuming. I, honestly, I would assume that most everybody there supports Roe v. Wade and reproductive choice. Um, right. I can't imagine that there was anybody in the cast who was like, "No, I'm not wearing that." It's, so I, I'm, I'm guessing it was just a technical thing, but it was, it was just kind of weird. It would have made a stronger statement if it had been everybody, but I think we had enough that it, the point still got across. Yeah. No. Agreed. I, I think. Uh, you know, just because SNL is a, you know, mostly liberal uh, platform, I, I would yeah. think everybody there would, you know, kind of be on the same page with this. Maybe not. I don't know. Like some, there have been some, you know, right leaning cast members on SNL in the past. Like I think Jim. De- yeah, and I've no, I know they've had uh, right leaning writers, and you know, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just. But yeah, I, I, I was just surprised. Yeah, no, no, I'm very, I'm actually yeah. just kind of surprised too. But like, I think they had enough people there wearing the t-shirt that the point got across and uh, you know of course it ended with uh you know arcade fire with the third song so i was like it i, I think the, the message hit home i think yeah yeah so um 
so yeah, pretty good show. Um, tip of the hat to uh, Bendy Dick Chesterfield. Um, <laughs> wow, enjoyed him. So <laughs> Bendy Dick. I'm. Mm, yep. Okay. <laughs> I got to remember that one. That was a good one. Um, oh, I like this one. Benadryl Claritin. Nice. I, that's kind. That's, that's kind of what I put on the Twitter. I put Benadryl Slumber Patch. Oh, hey, there you go. Hey, how about that? Um, yeah. So that's our episode, guys. Let's go to the Twitter. See what our. Uh, yeah, well, what what did people think? What did people think? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we got uh, Lucho Blanco at El Blanco Blanco Nazo. I don't know. Lucho Blanco yeah. uh, saying, so white, so silly, so English major nerd, yet brilliant, best writing in ages, funny yet not hilarious, nor funny haha, just... <laughs> mm. Just, so just funny weird? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> just just pure joy of writing for a great act, great slash actor host and the music. So Canada pop. Love this ep. Congrats. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. I guess that sounds good. <laughs> Lucho Blanco really liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, let's see. What else? We, we got uh, Mikey with two E's who says, uh, decent episode. As a Londoner myself, always a treat to see a local host. I don't think I realized that Mikey was from London. I did so. not either. I think we have a few London uh, Londoners from uh, across. That's the... that's cool. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> yeah. I always wonder if like our London people like get offended when we do our horrible Lon- British accents. I hope so. It's like yeah, uh, they they having a laugh over there. They're having a laugh. I mean, for God's sake, because they should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're having a laugh at us? Tossa. Um, no, I enjoy that. That's that's very cool that we have an international yeah. audience for this podcast. Hello from um, across the pond. Yes. Yeah, thank you for listening to these two American idiots. Yes. Um, so let's see. Uh, Mikey has more to say, of course. He says, uh, weirdly, though, we have a Mother's Day in March. Oh, mm. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Interesting. Um, I know you don't have Thanksgiving on the same day. Mm. Now, what's that about London? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um. Uh, great cold open, but wonder if it got changed last minute as it doesn't usually include the host. Yeah, maybe. That's what I thought. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, monologue was fine, but could have done without another drunk mom sign sketch. Okay. Mm. Uh, he says, and he continues, weekend update was okay, but didn't, and didn't really dislike any of the sketches. Again, they seem to double down on the stereotypical old English bits in a similar to all the singing with Jake uh, G., uh, but glad they're writing for the host. What's happening at the end with the goodbyes? No Lenny? Mm. So, uh, yeah, he's a little surprised that uh, uh, Lenny Pickett in the SNL uh, orchestra didn't uh, play us out. Yeah, that is interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, like uh, that third performance really surprised me. I was like, oh, why? What, what are we doing this here for? I mean, uh, you know, sometimes it happens. I think I believe it happened uh, when... Uh, when Mick Jagger hosted, they did a little musical thing at the end. Yeah. They did. Uh, I mean, there was Kristen Wiig saying goodbye to to uh, Ruby Tuesday, and she's a rainbow. Yeah, so. I mean, there of course there was the infamous uh, Kanye West performance with the MAGA hat. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, I, as soon as I said it, I was like, I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. All right. Um, our our buddy uh, Boardman gets paid has something to say. Why don't you read that one, Darren? He says, "Greetings from the present." Hello for the present. <laughs> there was just. <laughs> We're glad you're in sync with this time-wise again. Oh, uh, the timeline is complete now. Yay! Uh, there was just Doctor Strange fixed it. Yeah, he, he sure did. Because he has the time stone. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. 
Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Okay. Uh, there was just something about this episode that just felt right. And one of the only times we saw every cast member. Let me nap with your hurt is my new pickup line. Turns out Punky has been an understudy for Pete, hence never seeing any of them. Yep. Nice, nice line. I like that. That is a nice line. Yeah, I'm gonna let me nap with your hurt. Yeah, let me nap with. I don't. Well, I, you know, we we had uh, you know Cumberbatch breaking out the uh, the southern accent, the the southern you know power of the dog. Mm. Southern drawl. Yep. You can do it all. English, southern, British. Yep. Uh, British, more British. Uh, super British, over the top British. Uh, British from a hundred years ago. Uh, Cockney. Yeah. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I apologize to other people from across the pond. I'm sure. Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, as I'm sure at this point, oh, they're having a laugh at us, ain't they? Yeah. You think you're funny yeah. with your little. Your impressions, yeah. <laughs> Having a laugh at us, tosser, wanker, plonker. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, next week the show will be back uh, with uh, Selena Gomez as the host and Post Malone as the musical guest. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, uh, Selena Gomez. Uh, you know, you probably know her. Uh, of course, only murders in the building. Uh, but she's been acting for since she was a kid. I believe she, I believe yep. she was uh, on a Disney Channel show called The Wizards of Waverly Place. Uh, that sounds right. I'm not a big Disney Channel person, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll say yes. Yeah, uh, she, I, I know she was a kid star. Yeah, yeah, I think she was on some episodes of like Barney back in the day. Oh wow! Yeah, that's going and way then, back. And then she like uh, grew up, and then she did that uh, Harmony. Korean film, uh, Spring Breakers, to be like, I'm, I'm grown up now. I'm gonna get grown up roles. And yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and I guess that worked because now she's in uh, Only Murders in the Building with uh, uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. Yeah, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I like her in Only Murders in the Building. Although, yeah, you know, some people say, oh, everybody else is kind of better than her uh, as mm-hmm. far as acting wise, but I think she holds her own. And um, yeah, yeah uh, Post Malone, I don't know too much about. I know he's like a pop guy, pop rap. I know he has a face tattoo, right? Yeah, he's like a big, uh, heavy set fellow, ha- very hairy face, very tattoos on his face. I just know him because he came out with that one song that was on the Spider Man across the Spider Verse uh, okay. movie. That uh, that song that Miles Morales sings to calm down when he gets nervous. Like, uh-huh. that's like, oh, that's a nice song. I like that. But yeah. That's all I know. He's Post Malone. He's the dude that came up with that song that's in that Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And apparently he's uh, got a new album, uh, 12 Carat Toothache. And that's coming mm. out next week. So. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So somebody's coming on SNL when they have something to promote. That's, wow. that's unusual. Game changer. Yeah. All right. Game changer. Um, yeah, but these they're both new to the show, so that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. See what they do. See what they have to offer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait to see that. And uh, yeah, that's our episode, guys. Thanks again for listening, as always. Thanks for you know, liking and subscribing and sharing and telling your friends. We really do appreciate it. You know, And we're... rating and reviewing and, and yeah. Yes. We appreciate it and, and we appreciate you. We're just uh, 
you know, this, this little podcast just chugging along, trying to trying to make it to the big leagues. And we appreciate yep. any and all. And now people in England are listening and right. being horrified by our accents. Yes, exactly. Like They hear mm-hmm. our accents and they immediately head for the fainting couch. Yes. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but this this was a this was a pretty fun show. Not not best of the season or anything, but uh, a perfectly a, a perfectly cromulent episode of SNS. Yes, um, absolutely. So, so and you know you know thank you to everyone and and thank you to uh, Blubberbutt Cream Sickle. Yes. <laughs> Good God, that, what a what a note to end it on. Uh, yes. Yeah, and as always, you can follow us on Twitter at SNL Nerd Show. Give us a follow. Mm-hmm. If you're not a bot or some weirdo, we'll follow you back. And yep. uh, same thing with me. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible, D A R A N Credible. Give me a follow. I'll follow and you back as long as you're not know, weirdo. Yeah, and you can uh, you know follow me on uh, Twitter at Trumbull Comic. That's T R U M B U L L and the word comic. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll follow you back. Maybe I won't. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll. We'll see how it goes. Exactly. You never know with him. He's. He... We'll see how it goes. I have a fear of intimacy. That's okay? right. He runs hot and cold, people. You don't know where. Don't come too close to me. Exactly. He keeps it. He keeps everybody at arm's length. That's why we're still doing the podcast from uh, our own apartments because he just. Yeah. He's... Yeah. No. This is. Yeah. We, we we're doing it remotely. Right. John, let me nap with your hurt. Uh, I need more space. <laughs> moving too fast. I can't take away your pain, but I can give it a bed to lie in. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, we'll be next. Uh, we'll be back next week with Selena Gomez and Post Malone. They won't be here with us, but we'll be talking about them. And isn't that almost as good? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be back with them. And until then, nerds okay. out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.